Greetings, and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the intersection of security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that condenses 5 to 20 hours of reading and analysis into a 15-minute summary, as well as regular essays, interviews, and book reviews that cover specific topics. The goal is to give you a concise, curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, welcome to episode 276. Hope you're having a good week so far. I'm going to start off with security news. User data from LinkedIn is supposedly being sold online in two separate databases of 500 and 827 million records. But LinkedIn is currently denying this. So we'll have to stay in touch with the story and see how it develops. The dumps supposedly don't include passwords, but do include lots of other data that can be used to launch attacks against the people, including job, name, emails, addresses, phone numbers, etc. Microsoft has released an AI tool that simulates attacks within an environment called Cyber Battle Sim. It builds a network simulation complete with various types of nodes or hosts running particular operating systems and various services. And then it simulates how attackers would move through the network attacking those various hosts. And then, of course, get a compromise and then pivot. The tool then uses reinforcement learning to learn how to improve its attacks. And we're going to talk about this later in the analysis section. The FBI and CISA are warning that attackers are actively targeting FortiOS, or FortiOS. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. They include vulnerabilities in path traversal authentication and configuration issues all the way up to CBSS score 9.8. So if you have Fortinet devices, patches are available. So make sure you get them applied as fast as you can. 1.3 million user records were scraped from Clubhouse. The data includes user ID, name, photo, Twitter handle, and a bunch of other fields. We also had 533 million Facebook accounts or records get stolen via scraping. And uh, yeah, it looks like LinkedIn might have had something similar happen with scraping. Not sure, but that's three different social networks. Kind of interesting trend here. We're going to talk about that later as well, too. The Pwn to Own hacking competition had two researchers find a critical Zoom no-user input RCE, which earned them $200,000. The FBI has arrested a man for planning to blow up an AWS data center. He was trying to, quote, kill about 70% of the internet, unquote. And uh, he was caught because he revealed the plot on a website called My Militia. And then he tried to buy the explosives from who turned out to be an undercover FBI agent. And evidently he was involved in the attack on the Capitol as well. Bitdefender says there was a 485% jump in ransomware attacks in 2020. 
Ubisoft has purchased Gameblocks, the company that built the server-side anti-cheating software called Fair Fight. And a nuclear site in Iran lost power on Sunday, and Iran is blaming Israel, which seems quite logical. Evidently, there was a massive explosion that destroyed their highly protected power system that feeds power to the facility's uranium enrichment capabilities. So, yeah, the uranium enrichment infrastructure is powered, obviously. And I don't know too much about the space, but I think that constant power and like unshakable power and I guess very consistently delivered power is really important to the infrastructure. And that's why they built all this redundancy and safety around it. And that is what was attacked and evidently severely damaged. Attackers are actively targeting unpatched SAP systems, according to SAP. So get your patches out there or get them applied, basically. Cisco has released patches for multiple products, including SD-WAN, small business, unified communications, and advanced malware protection. And there's a vulnerability in domain time version 2 that allows an attacker to basically, it's called a man-on-the-side attack instead of a man-in-the-middle attack. So you watch on the side when a time update request is sent out from the client, you immediately send a response back to the client, which it accepts because it's waiting for a response. But unfortunately, you're able to send in a prompt to the admin to take an action, uh, including to install malware or go to a malicious site or something like that. So that's a problem. Technology news. YouTube grew the most out of the social media platforms. But I wonder if that includes TikTok, because it seems like TikTok might have grown more. Anyway, maybe they just mean Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. I don't know. Anyway, they saw usage rise from 73% of adults, U.S. adults, in 2019 to 81% in 2021. There are 2 million total podcasts, but only around 700,000 have 10 or more episodes. And something like only 75%, so minus 25%, have more than one episode. So evidently quite a diminishing return once you go over 10 or 20 episodes. China's government has fined Alibaba $2.75 billion for behaving like a monopoly. And uh, they essentially, <laughs> Alibaba said in return, uh, thank you, sir, may I have another. They were very obedient and thankful for the punishment of nearly $3 billion in fines. You have to wonder, like, aren't they making a huge mistake by telling everyone to get out of China and go build this business somewhere else? I don't know. That's how it seems to me. Patreon has tripled its value to $4 billion. I think they are going to continue to rise. I don't have any stock in them, but probably should. Human News. We may have discovered a new particle and or a new force of nature. 
So a new experiment out of Fermilab is producing results that don't jive with the current standard model of physics. And uh, the physics world is quite excited about this. Essentially, they saw more wobble, I think, in uh, some muons, I believe. A little hazy on the details. I read the article kind of quickly, but yeah, basically they expected one behavior and saw another. And here's what's interesting about this. They said there's a 1 in 40,000 chance that this was an anomaly. But in order to be completely sure, it's got to be one in multiple millions. So they're going to keep experimenting and try to get it to that standard for saying, yes, this is real. I love that amount of scrutiny. It just seems like science in general is not applying that level, or at least not when it comes to replication. There have been Brexit-related riots in Northern Ireland for over a week between groups who want Ireland to stay part of the UK versus those who want it to be separate. 53% of Canadians say they're within $200 every month of not being able to meet their monthly bills, which is on top of the other 30% who responded saying they have no money whatsoever left over at the end of the month. And I'm like, really? 83% of Canadians have less than $200 left over at the end of the month. If that's the case, I mean, we're about to see some major social unrest up there, right? I don't see how the income inequality issue doesn't become a lot more turbulent. We're talking about 83% being that close to basically financial ruin. And I don't think the U.S. numbers are much better than that, but goodness, I didn't think Canadia was that bad off. And if you're Canadian and listening to this and you have some insight, definitely let me know. Anecdotes or data, either one. A new study says exercise improves your metabolism more if it's done in the afternoon instead of the morning. A new study out of Indiana University shows that they can test for depression and bipolar disorder using a blood test. Really, really cool stuff. Basically, the opening to this article was saying that, you know, mental stuff is biological, therefore you can use biological tests to look for it, which I like that. I don't like the idea of a, uh, you know, reality being split into these different domains like spiritual and mental and physical. So it's all physical, right? I think so. Anyway. Yeah. So I don't know how far along this is to actually getting to us in the regular world, but it'd be nice to have some diagnostics for this that confirm how someone feels and hopefully a path to improve it as well. A study out of UC Riverside shows that young mice who eat a good diet and exercise during their youth have bigger brains and lower levels of anxiety as adults. What's really crazy is the title of this article <laughs> didn't say anything about mice. I had to add young mice into this headline here. It wasn't until further down in the article that they started talking about mice. I just think, uh, I've always wanted to make a shirt that was just like in mice. That's it. It's like 
Well, it's an ellipses and then in mice. I think that would be a cool t-shirt. Even a cool band name, in mice. Because you can say anything, right? You can say anything. This does that. This improves this. This reduces the chance of this. And you get to the bottom of the study and it says in mice. You're like, damn it. Silicon Valley is betting a lot of money that young people's blood will allow older people to feel younger and also age slower. And the article talks about all the research that's being done, all the companies around this. Fascinating stuff. And nearly 40% of U.S. Marines have declined the COVID vaccine. That is extraordinarily frightening. Content ideas and analysis. How to avoid losing another generation of artists, inventors, and builders. This is a recent post of mine, some thoughts on how parents might be able to jump off the upgrade train and pivot the generation, the next generation, into something more tangible and sustainable as a source of meaning. Four writing styles I admire. The basic look at four main writing styles I really look up to from four different authors. What if we made paying ransoms illegal? So this is an exploration of an idea from Twitter about fighting ransomware, where they basically said, hey, what if we just made paying the ransom illegal, which means they wouldn't be allowed to give the money, and as soon as the attackers, the ransomware groups, found out that they're legally not allowed to pay them, the idea is they would stop. And... I put in the post why I just don't think that's going to happen. Not only is it not going to happen, but I don't think that would solve the problem. I think they would find someone else who would pay for that access, which would be much worse than the actual victim paying it. It's all about externalities. And the next one here is called AI is Coming to Security. So I think this Microsoft tool that I opened with for automating cyber attacks is the future of security, or at least a major part of it. Here's what I think it looks like. You have basically constant discovery and mapping running in your environment, looking at your external posture, looking at all your cloud environments, all the configs, all the different boxes that are live, all the different data that's on them, et cetera. You have the same thing for all your internal networks, right? Which the distinction starts to blur after some point. Basically, attack surface management. And then that up-to-date map is then sent over to a bunch of AI slash ML or whatever that does two separate things. One, it tells you what you're most vulnerable to and what your red team should be attacking first. And also what your blue team should be defending first. It's like, Here's the most juicy stuff in order. And then secondly, it's continuously playing both attack and defense games against itself. Like how AlphaZero learned chess, right? So it can find additional ways to improve security. Now, the first approach of finding and ranking these things can just use basic automation and basic pattern matching to find like the worst stuff in a giant environment. But over time, that will also be supplemented with actual AI and unsupervised learning, actually, 
uh, no relation. And it'll do all that to find interesting patterns in systems that are worth looking into, right? It's like feeding uh, really interesting stuff to potential human analysts. And the last piece is the reinforcement learning bit, where the computers learn how to play themselves better to improve their attacks and defenses. So when you combine all this together into a single system, you have companies and governments basically running these things constantly against themselves and against their enemies or their customers or their competitors or whatever. And it takes advantage of automation to continuously monitor, attack, defend, and improve. So here's the question. Where is the human security professional in this mix? Right? What, what, what are they doing? What are humans doing in this situation? Now, obviously, they're writing and improving the AI. And there's got to be some sort of human, like, curation or judgment calls or guidance given to the work that's being done by these automated systems. Um, I've, I've got a bunch of thoughts about this, about what humans' role is in this whole mix once you have really good automation, really good AI. I mean, in my mind, there's no question that this is coming. The, qu the question is when, how fast the, you know, uh, this stuff will actually get to us and start happening. I think it's already happening to some degree now. I mean, I'm part of a community where this is already happening. Not really so much with the AI yet, but definitely with the automation. So the question is, how quickly will those systems replace humans? Um, and to what degree? Because it won't be about all the humans going away. And because the attack surface is going up so far, or, or so quickly, we still need to hire way more people than exist in the field. So even if AI were to take over some massive percentage of the work, the small percentage that's left over for humans in the short term is still way more people than I think we have currently in the field. So it's not like this is an immediate problem. Oh, don't go into security because it's about to be automated. Don't believe that's the case. But I really would like to map out or model out or just think about and discuss and try to whiteboard how quickly these trends are changing, how quickly we need to grow the cyber workforce, cyber workforce, who would even say that? Um, the cybersecurity like talent pool. And, you know, obviously those are humans. So what percentage of those are working on the AI? What percentage of those are getting replaced by better automation? And at what pace are all these things happening? So what does it look like in five years? What does it look like in 10 years? What does it look like in 20 years? Nobody obviously knows, but I think it's a really interesting thing to be thinking about. And I think I'll probably do a separate piece just on this. Um, maybe if someone wants to collaborate, I, I'd love to talk to them about it. All right, next one here, scraping versus hacking. So I heard that Facebook said the recent scrape of like 533 million records of their customers' data wasn't a quote, hack. And I think this is why words matter, right? We can debate the definition of hacking all day long, 
But one of my favorite broad definitions of hacking is getting something to work in a way other than it was intended. And yeah, I think scraping 533 million records off of one of the world's most important websites seems to qualify, just as it did with the Parlor database. And I don't see how you get any points for it being scraped versus being, whatever, hacked. Like, here, here's a good example. If Facebook accidentally published a bunch of user records on a roadside billboard, and somebody drove up and took a picture of it, that also wouldn't be hacking. But you wouldn't make yourself look better if it happened, right? You wouldn't say, well, all they did was take a picture of the roadside billboard. Yeah, that's true. That's all they did. But it doesn't make you look any better. So why are you bringing it up, right? Either way, you're, you're making data available for someone to get, whether they could take a picture of it or they could put together, you know, 12 lines of Python and scrape it off of a website. Either way, it was available when it shouldn't have been available. All right. Notes. So I'm currently reading like four books for some reason and uh, really looking forward to finishing them all so I can start our UL book of the month, which is Island of Dr. Moreau. And uh, lower back injuries really suck. I guess I shouldn't have volunteered to help carry those like 300 pound speakers up some stairs like two weeks ago. It kind of pinched a little bit like a day later. And then I proceeded to continue to work out and actually do kettlebell lifts to try to stretch it and make it feel better. And a few days ago, it kind of uh, exploded to the point of making me somewhat immobile and uh, kind of been dealing with that for a few days. So hopefully it'll get better this week. Discovery. House Stock Watcher. See the stock trades being made by your congressperson. Grex, a CLI tool where you provide a string and it gives you a regex that would match that string. This thing is gorgeous. You, you pass it a switch of switch C and it'll colorize the regex that it's giving you. It's just brilliant. And Things to Canary Tools, which is a supporter of the show. So drop juicy little tokens all over your internal network to see if anyone is poking around. And what I like about tokens and canaries in general is they don't rely on stopping the initial attack. And instead, they assume compromise. And uh, I was just talking to uh, the founder of this company, who I've known for a long time. And I was like, yeah, that's what I really like about this. And I'm sure the solar wind stuff probably upticked his uh, business. But um, yeah, you can't assume that you can stop anything. And, you know, it would be silly to do so. So if you just assume that there's somehow inside, whether it's insider or whatever, I mean, there's a million ways to get in. You just assume that they're in and put the tokens around. Fairly low friction. I really like the tech. Next one here is KICS. I don't know if that's Kix or what exactly that is. It's a free tool from Checkmarks. 
that looks for vulnerabilities in your Terraform, Kubernetes, Docker, CloudFormation, Ansible, and Helm infrastructure as code configurations. Really cool idea. And EXA, EXA, a modern day replacement for LS. I've been using LSB, I think is the name of it, for a while. But I just switched over to trying this one. And it looks pretty cool. Uh, it also does uh, some really cool visuals for LS inside of GitHub directories. Can show you the stuff that's uh, not committed or not included. Uh, really cool stuff. Got a script here that automatically builds and deploys a WireGuard VPN using Axiom. And Harmony will no longer make universal remotes. So, looking for an alternative, if you know of one. Got an article here Anxiety is in your body, not in your brain. Seemed a little presumptuous, but it was quite a good article. You should check it out. Rolex just released a new Daytona with a meteorite dial, which is quite pretty. I think it's like $30,000 watch, so I won't be getting one. Free course on reverse engineering. And really cool piece here called Top Colleges Should Clone Themselves. Recommendation for the week. You don't need a GUI. This is a GitHub resource for those who do too much with the mouse. Just got a whole bunch of shortcuts, uh, largely like Mac and Linux, but I think a bunch of Windows stuff as well. It's just like how to do everyday things with the keyboard and with shortcuts as opposed to clicking around. So whether you need to brush up on these yourself or you just need to pass it around to someone else who you see clicking around all the time, and doesn't use our keyboard, it's a good resource for that. And the aphorism for the week. Conformity is the jailer of freedom and the enemy of growth. Conformity is the jailer of freedom and the enemy of growth. Fitzgerald Kennedy. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. And here's your next podcast.